0: Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength, and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko.
1: This week, we're excited to welcome a great friend of the School of Calisthenics, Martin Yelling from Marathon Talk. His claim to fame is not all of the amazing people he's um, trained uh, in running and his own accomplishments within, within running. Uh, it's actually that he was probably one of the uh, first people to ever come to a School of Calisthenics workshop. We might not have even been a School of Calisthenics thing back when we did that workshop. With, with, we, we did a beta test. Down on the south coast with him, didn't we, Tim?
2: Yeah, we did. Basically, Martin got a few of his mates together, that fancied the day out, and broke me and Jacko in to go down and do some outdoor called, calisthenics. That yeah. Stuff you've been doing. yeah, it was good do you fun. Want to uh, flag on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> but we go way back on a number of different levels and um, opportunities over the years that we've worked together. And with Martin's uh, wife Liz as well, Liz Yelling, who's a, an elite marathon runner herself. So there's some really some golden nuggets in here. And what I like about Martin is when he brings this the a real level of just honesty and just yeah, he's been in the game for a while. And when you've been like that, you, you have your perspective, opinions and views on the current state of athletics, everything from times that we can expect to see at the Olympics maybe to the, the shoes that people are running in. And even for the more novice runners like myself, what's to go out, what's actually acceptable attire for a gentle 5K around the block. And actually, he talks about pacing. So if you're looking to try and improve your time a little bit, he does give some strategies around that as well. So there's loads of this. And then we also talk about Stormbreak, which is a great charity that Martin's. Set setup where it's looking to help to improve the mental health and wellness of young people through physical movement so there's definitely a, a load of stuff in this one to get your teeth into
1: yeah so if uh, if you're like me and you've signed up to a marathon recently uh, you're probably scared about that little little goal but um you uh sit back relax maybe put your runners on and uh and, and your short shorts and you could listen to this podcast whilst you go out
2: for a little run potentially just not your tights don't put your tights on you'll find out more when we get about halfway through I get told off for what I run in. Anyway, enjoy the podcast with Dr. Martin Yelling on the Movement, Strength and Play podcast. Roll that jingle. Well, I'm super excited for this one because I've got a good friend of ours, of of an, possibly one of the oldest friends of the official School of Calisthenics brand and organisation. I've got the Doctor Martin Yelling in the house, mm. who is a guy who I just love to spend time picking his brain. So, Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Lovely to see you both, um, as ever. So, Martin, give us a little bit of introduction because your talents are far ranging and broad and wide. Um, tell us a little bit about your career and to date, and then we're gonna definitely kind of plug into some some conversation about particularly your background in running and then the new project that you're going you're working on now, Stormbreak. So just give us a little bit of your background, potted history.
0: I thought you guys were getting me on for my six-pack. Is that not the case? We're
1: well, <laughs> we gonna talk about how it helps you sculpt your six pack um <laughs> can we, with the back. Literally was the the first we were talking about this. It was it was the birthing of the school calisthenics, It's like you invited us down uh, to the south coast to do what was back then. Uh, we think possibly our first ever workshop. It was certainly the it first was. workshop on the road outside of Nottingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. And you'll be pleased to know I've kept up
0: uh, my calisthenics routine like diligently for the last eight years or however long it was. <laughs> you, I tell you what, you boys, you should see my flag. <laughs> <laughs> right, stop lying if now. If I
2: could show you. Give us some truth. <laughs> uh, uh, actually,
0: yeah, okay. All right, so back to reality. Uh, yeah, I still have the skinny, nearly 50-something body of a runner. But other than that, um, I think it was always good. So I think, Tim, we first met when you were coaching, uh, Rich Whitehead. Correct. And um, my wife, yeah, my wife used to be a, a marathon runner. Um, she competed at the Athens Olympics and the Beijing Olympics and about 12 world championships um, and got a Commonwealth Games medal. So in terms of elite sport, she was um, she was pretty pretty good. Um, And I think we'd kind of met in those circles. And and I spent a while carrying her bags around, like around the world whilst trying to be an athlete myself. Um, I think that's probably where our where our paths crossed initially.
2: Yeah. And what were you doing before that, Martin? Because you've got your doctorates in nutrition, right?
0: Uh, no, my doctorate's in basket weaving, which I never really <laughs> say too often because
1: like, you just need to put the title at the front of your that name. That explains and people... those amazing hanging baskets that you have, <laughs> the, <You> <laughs> the friends of your new shed in the garden.
0: No. Uh, yeah, so uh, actually, uh, my background is in academia and education and coaching. So I did my PhD 20 years ago at Loughborough. I did a postdoc at Loughborough University
1: as well. You're a Loughborough Um, alumni, like myself. There you go. We should have Um, brother. Nice to meet you. We we looked at um,
0: how how teachers learn best in promoting physical activity and physical education um, and movement. You know, and and I ran for a couple of years out of Loughborough. I ran a funded project into effective teacher professional development. Um, and before that I was a teacher, taught in FE, taught in HE, um, taught in primary school, secondary school, so yeah, did that for for a few years, and ran the whole time um, at, at the same time, trying to get quicker, so yeah, tried to run, I think, I don't know, started off as a track runner, and went to the English schools, and then did some cross country, and did a few internationals, and did some multi-sport and Hawaii and comrades and won a few bits and bobs and
2: yeah and then here we are. I, I, I love this like Martin's one of the most humble people I know <laughs> because he's just he's literally giving you a background he goes, my, my wife ran marathons and she she did all right your, your wife is an excellent marathon runner and you were a good runner by all accounts as well as I understand it.
0: Yeah, it's you know what.
2: So, big
1: yourself up, Go on, Martin. Give us the full beans. People listening <laughs> yeah. might not know. Yeah, hang on. give them, give it, give it a full whack.
2: Can't get out the door now. my head's just. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you have to get, Martin. You've got to sell Wait, them something. It, 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 otherwise, they'll like... just think that I've got some random bloke on. It's <laughs> just <laughs> <I know. chat>. I <laughs> you have.
0: You only <laughs> called me 20 <laughs> minutes ago and said your main interview is backed out and you needed a stand-in. <laughs> We've been trying to arrange this interview for about the last year. Um, so I, 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 I guess previously, from a performance point of view, I always had a desire to run as fast as I could. And so, you know, that was something that motivated lots of training over the years um, and I would say I was a reasonable standard, like national level, occasional international athlete. Finished. Uh, I mean, it's it's largely irrelevant, I guess, to a lot of perhaps people that listen to the show. But you know, finished in the top ten in the national cross country, which is pretty tough to do. Ran under thirty minutes for ten k a few times. Twenty three minutes for five miles, like three forty something for fifteen hundred, so almost a mile. Not quite. What's your, five, um, what's your 5K, Martin, just
1: out of interest? Uh,
0: what is it? I don't know. 14, 10, something like that. I'd have to look. 14, 11. Yeah, That's um, rapid. Half marathon is 66, 66, 01. But then I snapped an Achilles tendon. And, of course, that, that put me out for for a couple of years, just as I was, I was going all right. And then I started cycling and duathlon and won the elite national championships a few times well, i think i went to seven europeans or worlds once beat the world champion which was a real coup for me um so yeah i was very lucky actually to enjoy a career of like semi professional sport myself whilst my wife you know swanned about the globe picking up like titles and my sister actually double european cross country champion the thirty-one minute ten KPB, so she was no slouch either.
2: Amazing, and so and, and you've become some people listening to the show might actually be avid runners and have have um, have, have heard mm. you on on marathon talk. um So and you've you've done a lot of work in that area now. So one of the things that I wanted to just talk to mm. you about before we get into a little bit about Storm Break, which I'm really excited to hear you talk a bit more in more depth about. But we've got quite a lot of people who enjoy running and we've, Jack and I have got some questions which we thought we need to get someone who knows a bit more than we do. Um, Jacko is an avid park runner. When road. are you getting them on? Which is well, to, know a bit,
1: to, to know a bit more about running than what we know, you don't need to know a lot, so you'll be fine, don't worry <laughs> I think I know... Hang on, I'll give Liz a shout in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, <is she> about? <laughs> to, <laughs> see
0: if we can get
1: her to come up. No, are tw- no, 20 <laughs> minutes ago, she pulled out on us. She said that's fine. Yeah. We to...
0: Well, so this... aside from, you know... Aside from kind of running and myself, I've always had this interest in in helping other people run. So for the last ten years, I've been the official coach of the London Marathon. I spent I don't know probably ten years as an Adidas ambassador. I'm a currently I'm a, a, a still a, a Garmin ambassador, and I, you know I'm lucky to have worked on various projects over the years that have have involved running in some way. You know helping first-time finishers, complete marathons, helping people try and qualify for the Olympic Games or complete their fastest ever Ironman, you know, and, and mm. so I've had a good old dig around, not only in my own performance gain, but also in, in helping people aspire to, to achieve whatever they feel like and, and want their highest level of performance to look like. And my views on all of this stuff have, you know, shifted a lot in the last fifteen years, so yeah, happy to do my best to field any any questions i
2: have have to pause well, there because I was going to let um, jacko dive in if he was going to uh, um, sure you've yeah. loaded with the running questions, jacko to see if you can get your PB down to fourteen minutes for five k
1: cranky yeah <laughs> i know so uh, yeah my 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 lowly my lowly five k is uh, i got under i got under twenty minutes um through changing how i breathed, actually in that respect i was I, w- I switched to to nasal breathing um which actually gave me a bit of a game changer on that Did but it? i'm a long way off forty uh, oh, uh, not in terms so, of so, it, not at first at first trying to oh. nasal breathe is horrific but once the adaptation ta- yeah once the adaptations have taken place um then uh, then yes there was uh, some interesting gains there. but one of the other things we've got intro recently is actually one of the first of all, is that um uh, a little bit more like it fits in with our natural sort of training regime and whatnot and would mm-hmm. often be barefoot, like completely barefoot. But we, um, you know, we've we got a partnership with Vivo Barefoot. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, the minimal shows and lots of space for the toes to be able to move, et cetera, which is a very different experience running in those than running in like, you know, shoes that have got more cushioning and also like the, the toe box is a lot narrower, et cetera. Um, where, do you, where do you sort of stand on Um, And I'm sure this isn't just a straight up and down answer because if I was going to run a marathon, I'd probably want a bit more cushioning. But if I'm running 5K and I'm in trail, Mm. where where do you stand on the the sort of barefoot style running? Look, the shoe, like there's an
0: awful lot of contentious issue around shoe and technical technology and shoe Mm. innovation at the moment. You know, particularly uh, 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 what we've seen in the last couple of years, I guess, is a real stretch the other way, you know, and shoes now loaded with technology. And this is relevant because it informs my stance, really, because I'm a little bit of a purist. Um, And so what we've seen in the last 18 months is a radical shift in performance at global level and also at, at kind of national and local level. Performance times for everyone across the board that have increased significantly, some uh, suggest, yeah. largely down to changes in footwear technology. Yeah. Uh, and specifically, you know, brands changing the way in which they structure a shoe, the height of the shoe, the internal mechanics of that shoe, um, the compounds that go into making um, a shoe and the responsiveness and the effectiveness on efficiency um, and power that these technological changes and, and innovations yeah. um, realise, okay? So we're yes. seeing this massive shift in performance and honestly, it makes me wriggle. It mm. does make me wriggle a little bit. Um, so for me personally, my preference is to feel the ground. Mm. You know, um, I like to feel connected to the earth and I and I kind of mean that both in a running way, but also a tie dye tree hugging hippie way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You Love know, it. I could, I do like that. I, I like that in every, in every way in which I run. Um, I like to feel a connection to my surroundings. And, and one of the ways I can do that is by a neutral, um, light shoe. So most of the time I'll be in a neutral light shoe in terms of, Barefoot, it is something I've tried in the past, and I can get away with in inverted commas for short mm. periods. My main limitation is my snap Achilles. Yeah. Mm. So, like biomechanically, you, protect that. you know, uh, I have very limited like recoil mm. on one side. So, of course, what the Achilles does beautifully is absorb that foot strike. As your foot hits the ground, and then give you a beautiful spring off, mm.
1: unless you're me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I case... saw a guy the other day, he had these Nike new Nike Air things on it. He had like two hoverboards underneath each heel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like um, <laughs> crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah um, I, I, you know, and, and I've not actually tried any, any brand of um, 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 like carbon insert shoe. Um, or plate shoe Um, so I can't make any comparison really but from the performances I'm seeing and the conversations I'm having there's a definite improvement you know for example on a track if you look at performances on the track in 2021 appreciating that we're in the middle of a global pandemic so opportunities to run have been limited times have gone up Uh, faster than we have ever seen before in amounts that we have never seen before over 1500 and 3000 meters recently you know something like double the amount of performances above the fastest time last year in the all of the year been achieved so far this year
1: but you know i'm gonna throw something out there martin do you know what um what you this is this is massive conspiracy theory from me, but like or just a like as well as the shoe, during a global pandemic when you not have to be socially distanced <laughs> from everyone, do you know what you do you know what do you know what someone can't come around and do? They can't come around and drug test you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: not not, not um, So people yeah, well,
1: will, people are, people are naughty and they'll always be naughty I and mean, when they can be naughty because of the rules. Well, they're
2: there doing them go. on Zoom. Do you see athletes at the moment being drug tested via Zoom? Are they? Yeah, it's still. Uh, what do, do they do? do? Just well, ask actually, you. Have
1: Have you been cheating? They go no. <laughs> How
2: does that work? Would, yeah. I, would I
0: have to weed? Would I have to weed down
2: the mic? <laughs> I think so. I, I think close to it. Yeah, I think I'm I to, I
0: certain. Think... I think they just um, ask
1: them. It's just an honesty call, is what they're doing at the moment. <laughs> well, that'll work. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Look. Um, anyway, no, let's I'm not talk about that. Certain that that the drug testing protocols are still effective
1: yes no even I am though too. we're in
0: global pandemic I am um, but the shoes back but, to the shoes like so so if i'm running i prefer i can't go far in a in a in barefoot or even in like a minimalist or a zero drop yeah. like i'm pretty uncomfortable in those for long and i definitely couldn't run a speed session in them largely because my achilles and calf just says no you're making a mistake you know get your coat go home
1: what would you, what you know, to say someone's sort of, you know, someone like, someone like myself, like I can run sort of like a 20-minute a 5K and maybe do one run or two runs a week, nothing major at all, sometimes mm-hmm. never, like, and I haven't got a snapped Achilles. like what would the sort of advice be for your sort of average Joe runner? To do what? Like get a bit uh, faster over 5K? Uh, yeah, or just in terms of like, uh, yeah, yeah. And like in terms of that shoe conversation...
2: The advice is to go out and buy a pair of these w- posh new shoes and go and rinse everybody at Park Run. Surely, <laughs> <Yeah>, basic <advice>. basically. <laughs> hey, I, I read a stat today. Like, the average time
0: for Park Run in 2005 was 22.17. So that's rapid, right? I mean,
1: yeah. for
0: 5K, that's rapid. Yeah. Admittedly, Park Run hadn't been going so long then. The average time now for Park runs is 32.20. Yeah, it's because I don't go... So, you know, those are all your performances, Dave. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, look, of course, there's, what, what that shows is more people are running and the mm. time's getting slower, which means it's actually a good thing. Yeah. So, one of the things for me in running is there's a bit of an overt focus on improvements must be framed around time. Mm. Um, and, and that's not the case. I definitely, so my previous self would have viewed, viewed performance through a time lens only. My current self views performance through a much richer, much deeper, much kind of more life enhancing holistic lens, you know, so it doesn't have to be about a few seconds. In fact, a few seconds now is largely meaningless, uh, probably because I couldn't get anything close to I've run before, but it's it is largely meaningless. And so when we talk about times and shoe choice and performance for somebody running a park run. I'm always asking people, "What do you want to get out of the journey?" Like that's the first thing, as you probably do with your with your calisthenics coaching. Mm. Like, why are you here? What do you want to yeah. do this for? Yeah. Um. You know, how can how can I help you when and I can only do that when I know the things they're seeking.
1: Yeah. What's your um,
0: why? Yeah, and so we spend quite a lot of time establishing establishing those kind of things, and often um, where I want to run a particular time or I want to go a little bit quicker um like we can talk about shoe choice with, within that and in my personal experience what works best is trial and retrial mm. um so we're all very different and for some people they will achieve consistent running which is the most important thing if you want performance achievement is consistency like it, it tops everything else? It's completely
1: king, um, as in at the number of consistency of like how just often being, you do it, like you're consistent, yeah, not necessarily it. how often, but like consistently
0: repeating practice, yeah. You know, it's it, it's no good if you want to get it's the same in your game, right? If yeah, you want to get better it. at something, and, and it's the same in anything, if you want to get better at something, you've got to do more of it, yeah. um, but once you start doing crazy amounts of it then more likely you're not going to get better, you'll actually get worse and royally peed off. So there's a a really interesting uh, um, creative balance to be had, which for me, I really enjoy exploring that space over, let's just whack out another session this week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So trial and retrial with everything, including shoes, is the most important thing.
2: I like that. I've I've found it I've been sort of Footwear, as just as we say, we've been we've been doing some work with VIVO, and to your point around the amount of distance I can run in them, they are they're pretty sort of unforgiving, especially if I run on concrete because the the shock absorption is is pretty much zero. Um, so they do take a little bit of, of adjustment. But I think the it's almost why I like running in them is, is partly that connection, as you say, of I like the feeling of running naturally. Um, yeah. And actually, if I can wear those those shoes and run on trails where the ground is a little bit more forgiving, that's actually like my favourite thing to do. But the streets are are much more accessible but um, I think you're right in terms of finding that wire around the running and sometimes it's nice to go out and just properly open the taps and see what you can do if you've got a watch and you want to go for some time but I think I've found particularly recently during um, the last probably three to four months where there's been a number of different things going on like I've never really been a, 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 a consistent runner I kind of dip in and out of it but 2020 and 2021 has turned me into finding that it's been massively beneficial. I've got way more out of running this year until recently um, when I switched my training program than I have for my calisthenics because it was just getting out of the house. And it was the, you know, when they talk about the mental health benefits of running, it's actually the cardiovascular stuff of that moderate intensity, which is so good for the brain, Mm. right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, going for a run is an amazing way um, to, I think that's why we've seen such a huge increase in, in people running this.
1: Oh, in the first lockdown period. Everyone was running, like everyone. It was brilliant. You just saw literally everyone was out, like, and, and yeah. I hope that that continues. Uh, and people still are. Yeah. Um, you know,
0: definitely they still are. Um, and I see loads more people out running where I live. The, the key thing is, it's again, but we're back to the question of what is it that attracts you to running? So some people would think, nah, I just can't do that. I've never yeah. been able to do that. It's bloody awful. You know, I <laughs> see these people out huffing and puffing and blah, blah, blah. blah. I just don't want to do it. Um, but it's just because they haven't fa- quite found what it is about that aspect of moving which appeals to them because potentially, you know, their perceptions are loaded with like historical experiences of what it means to run or, you know, cultural association with what it means to be a runner um, and until they actually lace up their, their like, kicks and go out and do it, whatever that might look like, it's really hard to know if they're going to... I know lo- like it or loathe it. I know loads of people who thought, oh, I'm going to hate this. And then when they be- they do it, they actually love it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I, I remember, actually, um, like, I, so I had a head injury in 2013 that stopped my rugby career, and I didn't run for a year because I would get all headaches and all my Simpsons would come back. And when I first... I, I wanted to get back to running just because... I used to be relatively good at it, type of thing, but um, I couldn't. I, I, I was so bad at it. I really didn't want to. It was like just depressing to do almost, and it took a long time for mm. me to get. And we all the training that I used to do, running wise, would be like repeatable sprints and a lot of short shuttles and things. And like not, we never really did long steady state stuff. So the first time I tried to run five k, I actually didn't do it. I just I, like, I had to stop. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I just mm. couldn't just run in a straight line. Whereas now. I think Why do you think that was? What do you mean you couldn't run in a straight line? Uh, I just meant... No, like not physically, it was just, just mentally. I just was... I, I just was so unused to doing that. Um, yeah. And I just... It was like... Did you start quickly? No, it was more just like the... It was like... Uh, for me, at that, at that period, in my head, it was boring. Because mm. there was nothing changing.
2: Mm. But
1: I wasn't in a headspace to sort of enjoy the... What you get out of it now, what I get out of it now, if I go out for a jog um, mm. or a run, it was it was just my. I was in a very different headspace at that point. Well,
2: right, that,
0: that. but that is so. That's another really interesting point because I imagine the way in which you practice calisthenics now and the benefits that it offers you is slightly different to the way in which you did it when you first started it. No. Miles different. Right. And, and so that's the same for running and what people have to understand is that the way in which you uh, embed running, moving into your life will be different, will shift, will have a different focus, you know, will serve you really differently depending on the season that you're in. Mm. And so... What's really so? What I think really talented people do, and, and this isn't this is something that's actually learnt, relatively straightforward to learn,
1: yeah,
0: is they understand what it is they need to harness from the movement that they're doing, and in this case, it could be running, in order to give them what they need to gain from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, at yeah. that particular yeah. time. So for me, that might have been five seconds when I was 25. And I would run 100, you know, 100 miles a week to try and make a few simple seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, I'm like, Pruh. you know, the, the seconds aren't as important. I'll do exactly what you know Tim said. I might lace up some shoes, go and turn myself inside out and rinse, rinse it just because I enjoy that feeling of discomfort and enduring um, and tolerating suffering and pain. I actually, in a warped kind of way, I enjoy that. And so running hard for extended periods of time lets me get into that hurt locker and um, uh, really experience the, that emotion, you know, and learn to settle in it and live with it. Yeah. And, um, and that's an important part of me now, but I wouldn't have viewed it in the same way 20 years ago because it would yeah. have been, oh, you've missed that second for that rep. Um, whereas now, I'm just not bothered. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm gonna ask you a quick question, Martin, because you've, you've alluded to two things I wanted to talk to you about. One of them was around pacing, because you asked Jacko if he starts off early or, or fast, sorry. With that, kind of yeah. like, back to your point around sort of finding the purpose for the exercise that you're going to do or the intensity that you're going to do it at, like, I think that's so, so valuable to understand that. One thing I struggle with that, and, and you and I have had a conversation around um, with the Garmin. Um, we did some Garmin interviews before. When I've got my watch on, uh-huh. because I'm competitive against myself and as a rugby player, notoriously bad at pacing, I just go and run as hard as I can for as long as I can and then the wheels come off. I'm not great at running slow. Whenever I've got my watch on, I, I set off and I go, I'm just going to go and have a bit of a steady tick over. And then like a minute in, I'm like eyes on the clock and I'm trying to absolutely like, <laughs> just gas myself to get around fast enough. Well, how do I go about <laughs> pacing myself better? because sometimes I've got, like, one speed, and it's all out for 5K, and then mm. that's it.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, you know, to be fair, Tim, it's, it's you know, it's your
1: maturity that influences these things. <laughs> <laughs> Making me laugh, because obviously Parkrun has been cancelled for life. I would, uh, I would go and stand right at the front of the park Run, even though I'm mm. nowhere near, fast enough to sit, and just, like, everyone takes off, you just go with it, I would, like, just go hard and go hard and just try and hang on, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Give us the, well, give us the maturity chat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: So it's a really common thing mm-hmm. That people from Particularly if they're from an elite sporting background Like you want to put your ego head on mm. And so one of the ways in which you can do that Is you can think that you're The ways in which you're gifted and able And, and can perform in In that head in one thing Apply to everything that you do and so and that's not the case. Um, and when you go off for a run, um, two things have got to happen. One, you've got to understand the challenge of the distance you've set yourself. So it might be one mile, but it might be five miles or 25 miles. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to understand that distance. And then you've got to understand, like, your capacity to deliver that distance in the way in which you want it delivered. So if you're going to try and say run a 5k and your goal is to run as fast as you can for that 5k, you're not going to achieve that result if you go running the first kilometre way, way, way off what your capacity is to run five kilometres, right? Mm. You're just going to, likely is you'll go off too quickly, you've overcooked it, you Put your foot on the gas too quickly, too soon. You get one k in, and, like you just flooded your system, right? And like handbrakes got to go on, and you end up demotivated and annoyed, yeah. frustrated. Um, so a much better way, and it, and I, and I think this is the same regardless of the time you you want to run, or your perceived ability or your experience. But a much better way is to apply a simple, like, kindness rule to yourself. Mm. And and that means you have to be patient with your progress and you have to be content with getting it wrong and then being able to do it again. So it's okay to go off spankingly hard, right, on your 5K and detonate at 1K in. <laughs> like, it's all right. But you repeat, you do that again and again and again. Like... Well, the problem sits with you, not with, you know, it sits with your approach to that 5k. You're actually not going to get better. So by saying to yourself, right, I'm going to be really kind today. I'm going to be really patient today and try and mix the 5k up by saying to yourself something like in practical terms, right, I'm going to try and run each k quicker than the previous. Simple goal, like a progressive paced 1k. Everyone has to be faster faster. Than the one I've just done. Mm. Now, if you go and do that first one too quickly, you're never, you're not going to achieve it, yeah. right? So, in marathon talk terms, the podcast I've done for the last eleven years, um, That's we impressive. call that a royal. We call that like a royal flush, right? So it's like, right, I'm going to create this. I'm going to go and run a royal flush, one one unit of measure quicker than the next. So some people might do a marathon at that pace. Each mile has to get quicker for 26.2 on the banks.
1: Wow.
0: Really hard to do. do you start crawling?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but your first,
0: <laughs> your first mile is vital. So I, I do this session quite a lot. First, first mile, 10 back, miles. you do it backwards,
1: first mile. <laughs>
0: yeah. But you, yeah, it's like, you get, imagine get to mile 24 and you miss it by a couple of seconds. You're like, oh. But it's a great session for learning discipline. So yeah. back to maturity, Tim. you know, with, with patience comes discipline. And, you know, if you want to get the most out of yourself in any training that you do, you have to learn discipline, Mm. discipline to keep showing up for sessions, discipline to deliver a certain session in a certain way, you know, discipline to come back when it doesn't go as well as you'd hoped it would, you know, discipline to rest when you need to back off, you must learn discipline, maturity, you know, humility in in your approach to your training
2: simple, yeah, you so take i'd like you have that? to
0: put yeah put your ego in the box and focus on mm. the things that will actually work for getting you where you want to go
2: amazing i've got some i've got a really mature question to ask you then i want to talk about storm <laughs> um, so the first is two quick fire questions um the first one is like When you talk about the shoes, I just want to go back to that So I didn't get to answer the question before. We had the same thing, and if I'm recalling it correctly, was it Beijing in the swimming where we had the suits and everyone went oh, and absolutely yeah. spanked it and world records tumbled and then they banned suits or they banned that form of suit. The first question is, do you think they're going to ban those shoes from elite, um, elite running? And the second question is, how do I transition from... Leggings with shorts over the top looking like a rugby player out for a jog to just oh, leggings. mate, have a go. <laughs> yeah,
0: just leggings. <laughs> to just shorts. Just go
1: free. Well, you've
0: Let's just deal with that second question because you're making a fundamental it, error. I want to say like the
1: shorts, <laughs> I want the shorts that are really with the, that have like the <laughs> slits up the side and they're like yes. real naughty. Like they're really like proper runner shorts. you <laughs> the got on pair. Don't know. Just Mate, lie if you I've have to, but you've got a pair of those on right now, haven't you? Lie if you have yeah, to.
0: I am sat here in my 1990s split high cut shorts. Good. Send pair Tim. Like, send per, is, is. is that
1: what they're called? Split <laughs> high cut. Send pair Tim.
0: Yeah, those bad boys matter. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> at least
2: one testicle on show at all times, right? Put <laughs> 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 oh, the mouse um, back in the house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you're right. Um, like you met may- you making a fundamental mistake, right? In any running wear, because you're wh- you're making the shites error, aren't you? Why? Shites, shorts and tights. I mean, Ooh, yeah, I like that? it. I like it. So you need to bin the shites, <laughs> and um, then you just like tights?
1: I mean wear just wear put put some shorts on and go for a run. oh crack, I wasn't expecting that answer It's liberating just wearing tights, I'm going to actually go and do that sometime I've not it's done that liberating for a long time. just wearing shorts, yeah, it's quite <laughs> normal. you feel naked when you've got when you've got tights on, but nothing else, you do feel naked in a weird sort of way. Some people wear are heels extremely for comfortable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I wear my
0: barefoot <laughs> you see I sometimes um like. <laughs> very occasionally when I'm at home on my own, like I put on some running kit that I used to race in. Like, oh, triathlon, I mean, triathlon kit that I still got, that I used to race in. And I put it on and I think, oh, shit. You actually went out looking like this.
1: <laughs> triathlon kit's great, isn't it? It's like, fine. and
0: at the time I had shaved legs, right? Like really tiny shorts, little crop top, and- <laughs> I, I no, used to you, race in a.
2: Did you have Lizard's kit on?
0: I used, to, <laughs> I, used to, I used to race in basically a thong and a crop top, and I thought something's like I, I couldn't quite get my head around that. And now, if, now I'm like I'm such a old. I'm so old school when mm. it comes to kit. Pretty much year round, I run in shorts and t shirt. Like yeah. I don't. What else do I need? Shorts, mm. t shirt, pair of shoes. Let's go. That's mm. one of the beauties of, of running to me. You know, I need minimal kit, minimal cost, minimal time, like maximal effort, super accessible. Like, let's not dance about with this. You know, it's something that I can do, like, wherever I am, with whoever I want to be with, like, really quickly. I've always got a pair of shoes in the back of the van. I've always got a little pair of skimpies to go running in. Um, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I'm going no, to buy those. No, I tend pen. to wear... Like, so in really, Tim, the way to make this transition effectively, all right, and mm. and I want to help you with your run look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is to bin the shites, right, stop with, stop with the tights thing and get, like, a nice kind of seven or a bit longer inch shorts. So they're a bit longer. You don't feel like you're in the short shorts. You know, you're, you're, top of your thigh is not, not out. Yeah. But, like, you're comfortable. You're comfortable in, in the gear you're wearing. That's vital. Um, right. What was the second one? Are they going to ban the shoes? We got. Yeah, they're going to ban got shoes. sidetracked. Yeah, because what was
1: the guy? I'm going to forget his name. That like did the, he like broke the marathon world record running behind a van, and he had like Inspector Gadget shoes on, didn't he? Did he have like yeah, springs Elliot in Kip, his shoes? Elliot, yeah, Elliot Kipchoge. There we go. What do you think um, of that? Well, that's kind of the tech innovation that I was yeah.
0: alluding to earlier. Um, Around 1:59 for a marathon, yeah. like 420 miling or something average, which is. It's just bonkers.
2: Insane.
0: Um, so the, the governing body for athletics went through quite a stringent approval process around the height of the shoes that are allowed at international level um, and, of course, approved certain designs of shoes. Now, of course, mixed up in all of this is global sponsorship. And so there's a huge amount of power um exerted by brands within sport around what can be worn by whom um you know at competitive international level and just across the board and there's also a huge marketing campaign um around selling more product you know um to me one of the things that's desperately unfair is accessibility so you know one of the beauties of running at, at elite level is I like that mano a mano you know mm. Person versus person, right? I like a SmackDown, and if you're gonna have a scrap with someone, I want to know that it's a fair scrap, whether whatever that's do you know running. And if I'm gonna be running against somebody, it's like, well, I'd rather that you weren't in shoes that gave you a competitive advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a danger of running becoming just a little inaccessible, you know, for, for, for some people who are unable to wear particular brand, because let's say they might be sponsored by another brand, right? So they're already really good, proper quick. If you get a sponsorship deal in, in running, you've got to be fairly useful, but the brand that you represent doesn't have the same technology as another brand. And, of course, what that does is that creates an uneven playing field at the very, very, very sharp end, um, particularly for, you know, athletes from underdeveloped countries with completely different access to kit and equipment. It doesn't quite make the playing field level, which does yeah. tarnish that top end for me a bit.
2: Yeah. yeah. We see that across a lot of sports, don't we? I've had the same conversation around cycling. Like, our bikes and cycling are way better than the bikes that they've got in... Well, name any other sort of developing country. Um, so I, I I hear you on that one. And running is almost like the last bastion of purity in sport, isn't it? With that that kind of thing. So, but,
0: but not anymore. You know. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, not anymore. Uh, it
0: it it's kind of yeah. I mean, whether there'll be any any changes to regulations, I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, can't. I, I'm in no position to really comment. I can only give my personal view, um, which is you know, a bit like the swimming you mentioned the swimsuits in a few years ago that mm. definitely gave a competitive advantage and, and and because of the changes in performance I just wonder I just wonder, you know, I'm not taking anything away from those elite men and women that are running incredible times, you know, at the moment, in incredible depth. Um something like forty men uh last weekend ran under 210 in a marathon in japan Mm. 40 now japan does have an incredible tradition of running but you know the the um, japanese record was broken and then you know the depth under 240 men under 210 is is bonkers yeah in one race in one country
2: Right, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about, about Stormbreak because I think it's an amazing project um that you've started. And yeah, tell us tell us more about it, because it's kind of like your um well it's, it's I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gonna hijack your, your um opportunity to share what it actually is, but I think it's just it's something which is so needed um and such a positive influence that I would just love you to to tell us a bit more about it.
0: Sure. Um so Stormbreak is a children's charity that I founded three years ago, and we use movement in its broadest sense to support uh, the mental health of young children 11 and under. So we have programs with schools and um, we're just starting some programs with some looked after children and their families where we work with trusted adults and we coach those trusted adults how to use movement to support the mental and physical health, health of their children. We mainly do that through things like using, having an awareness of appropriate terminology, um, trying to reduce a stigma associated with with mental health um, in in young people, um, and knowing when to have appropriate convers when and how to have appropriate conversations through movement so that that child feels um positive about themselves so we work in five different domains of resilience relationships self-worth hope and optimism and self-care and then we have a ton of online free online video content at stormbreak.org.uk like pathways to follow toolkits to do um yeah and it's it's been really tough, to be honest, you know, um, especially the last year, given all the changes and pressures we've been yeah. under. But I feel like it's so relevant. You know, like if we were to go, like we've seen in the last year how important moving is and physical activity is to people. Yeah. We've seen when they go out, they connect and the social connection, the benefits that that brings. You know, if I go for a walk with my mate, the first thing I say to him is, how are you doing? Yeah. I don't say to him, how fast did we walk that last mile? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah. how's it going? What's going on in your world? How can I help you? And I, and I listen and we have a conversation and we feel connected, you know. Um, and so that's the focus of, of Stormbreak. How can we support trusted adults to do use movement better to support children they live with, work with,
1: care for, love? You know, that's effectively what we do. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's fantastic and actually fits it. You know, we, we recently renamed the podcast to the movement, well, I said it probably won't be recently now, but a few months ago, to be the movement, strength and play podcast because we see those three, the yeah. movement, the strength yeah. and the play, like just three pillars of like, what's what what we see is important for our training but also how those things like can can transcend outside of that and really impact um impact yeah. lives and you know for us it's probably a little bit more predominantly um adults but we know how much that children do engage in it and you know i think tim you've done i feel like did you even do a a webinar about like almost this high this concept again can we get them on oh, i know some of the work that you do with british swimming about can we get like younger can we get in uh, as younger kids and younger athletes coming through and and whatever it whatever else but just at that younger age can we get them moving better so that we're not so yeah we're not so restricted or we're not so we don't have so much baggage towards like actually exercising as we get older and um, the thing is right the term exercise is it's wrong yeah
0: you know because we live in a in a world where It's like exercise is what you give a dog.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
0: Do you know what I mean? It's like, why do we, what are you on about? Why have we been conditioned to exercise? Like we should move.
2: Move, yeah. Mm. And
0: we should move freely and we should move with purpose and like we should move with a real passion for what we do. And we can move creatively. We can move artistically. We can move, you know, with a performance focus. We can move slowly. We, you know, we can move with mates there's so many amazing ways that we can connect through movement. So why do we wait to teach our kids this? What number one? Mm. You know why do we wait for our kids to to find this out? Mm. Okay, so we're we're grown ups. Well, you two are <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know we we learn this. Okay. Because we do what we do, we're engaged in movement all the time. So we learned the benefits of movement um, through our own personal experiences, and those personal experiences might have been shaped by other coaches or stuff we've done. But we learned it, and we learned that it supports our mental health as mm. well as our physical ability. But we learned that. Why do we? Have, why do our kids have to wait to learn that? Yeah. We should. We should coach them that. You know, we should coach them how to do it, not and not in a technical way. In some yeah. instances, you know, the things that you do that will happen, um, but actually, in a in a uh, you know real wellness and well being way, that the way you do something, your technical proficiency is irrelevant. Yeah,
1: it's almost you know, like you want to go for. I was going to say yeah. like encourage like a space where they're encouraged to explore. And and just encouraged to enjoy just exploring movement, I guess is something that just sort of springs to mind for me, right? When you're saying like, you know, not necessarily coaching them technically and you know, I know a friend of mine that was like they would say in um, in the garden, like just playing messing about playing football and they're like kids just a young kid and he's like, Oh daddy gonna put some cones out so we can do some drills like we do at football mm-hmm. practice And mm-hmm. it's like, No, we're just gonna mess about yeah well play is you know like play and
0: fundamentally at the moment that's something children are missing the social connection the benefits that they get from play but what we do at at Stormbreak is we position um those characteristics of positive well-being mental well-being like resilience and relationships Mm. and self-worth you know how you feel about your place in the world right we position conversations around those things right within the movement so when a child goes for a run like if they run and they run an arbitrary time for a mile do they really care mm-hmm. like whereas if they go with their friends or their parent or their carer and they talk and they connect and they look at stuff and they walk for a bit and that's what they that's what we get as adults so why don't we teach our kids that? It makes so much sense. Mm. So we've basically yeah. built an approach that does that. Um, and we go, yeah, we're in, we're in quite a lot of schools. We've got some in Nottingham, actually, now. Oh, okay. great. Um, yeah, we've got some school... We're growing in schools across the UK. So if anyone likes the sound of that and they work or know a school pop us a note at hello at stormbreak.org.uk and, and we'll help you out. Um, we'll put links but, in the know, show notes, yeah, to, to that. And yeah.
1: So people can click We're a relatively
0: through. small, like, um, charity. We have just done a partnership with Children in Need, um, which is amazing and will help us over the next few years, and particularly around building our model um, around social prescription um, and community engagement and harder-to-reach um Children, so and and adults, so that's a really exciting mm. next few next few steps. Yeah, if you if you like, just check out stormbreak.org.uk. I feel like you
2: if really. You're, will... If you're rolling around in a bathload of cash, I'd love to hear from you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you you're gonna you're right at the right time with this, so Martin, and and I, I, the sooner that and I feel like it's coming, I feel like it's a it's a it's a dawn which is emerging. Of the sooner that people realize that movement is the solution to most of the problems mm-hmm. that we have from a health wellness perspective at the moment it's the problem it's, it's the solution to many chronic diseases it's a solution to mental health or at least part of the solution i can't part say it's of, all of yeah, it absolutely but yeah. um it, it's it's a solution to body image it's the solution to like it's it's, it's so many things and you're right but we've uh, we've known for years coming in the, in the arenas that we work in that sport has been steadily marginalized in the PE in, in the school curriculums kids are getting less or school time dedicated to movement and it's become all about academics and, mm. and actually the most important thing that we could be doing them is setting them up for a healthy life and just giving them the confidence to move and then whatever you do with that, if you just become a recreational park runner or an elite athlete or you just get out and you go hiking it doesn't matter but you it's, it, no. it's just the most important thing that we can do for anybody and, and we know this because we're in movement but as you say I just think there's so many people that are being deprived of it and if the kids aren't from families of movers or people who exercise and train as you say then it's mm. they're just never going to get that because school's not going to give it to them so i think you you're right on 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 point of where this needs to be so well done for that it's super exciting to see how it's going to go over the next few years Thanks, for sure man.
0: yeah it's um i hope it's you know ultimately as a registered charity you know my role is to reach beneficiaries and and, and reach you know children that whose lives this will this will benefit and support and and yeah, you know, my belief is that those of us involved in, you know, shaping experiences of, of of movement have a responsibility to do those things. We should be doing those things. You know, I want a future generation of citizens of humanity to be, you know, rich in their understanding of how movement supports their emotional, physical, mental well-being, um, and and. And that could mean, that means all sorts of different things for, for all sorts of different people, you know, uh, like I said before, when you can understand how moving, how to harness the power of moving in whatever season you're in, then, um, then you've tapped, you know, you've, you've tapped on something great, you know, I've seen, as you guys probably have too, you know, I regularly hear stories of people whose life has been in a, bigger pit as it can possibly be in as an adult you know and um moving has been something which has helped them you know lever them out of uh, of of that despair um and so like from a as a preventative tool we can we should be showing children this is a way forward
2: that's what we're trying to do
1: yeah 100%
2: Mate, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I knew we were going to get so some, right. uh, some, 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 uh, some real gold and a little bit of a steady amount of abuse uh, from uh, <laughs> <laughs> throughout you, the podcast. It, I mean, I have barely like I've tried to be as calm
0: as possible. You've done
2: well, actually. I'm still barely. sat here with a burnt image of you in short shorts. Like
0: I can't get that out of my head. Yeah, yeah, You've, you've got that image tucked under your pillow, don't you? Yeah. That's the problem. You know, there's going to be cries. There's going to be
1: cries. <laughs> There'll be cries yeah, from the listeners. You... They want they want to see <laughs> Tim in those short shorts. Give the people what they want. <laughs> I think I've probably got a picture
0: of Tim in short shorts. <laughs> yeah, um, you you haven't mentioned it, but should I be can I be a right lockdown pain? Go I've on. written a book in I've written a book in lockdown. Have yeah. you? Of course. Promotes it yeah. away. Yeah. Running in the mid pack. Running in the mid pack it's called. It's all about running. So if you've been inspired to it's published by Bloomsbury. Um, you can get it at all good bookshops online. Um, or Um, Bloomsbury Direct bloomsbury.com forward slash midpack and in that Tim we talk about loads of things like you mentioned body image we talk about confidence, judgement failure, motivation training, racing you know it's it's packed with um, wisdom
1: wisdom yeah there you you've go you've been a busy boy sorry for this sorry for the stealthless yeah. plug but no you're no. expecting us to get signed copy sent in the post i'll i'll, I'll send you my address <laughs> well i made
2: a i made a baby in lockdown you wrote a book i mean <laughs> <laughs> one of us has been working harder than the other well my book took me ages if you know yeah no mate it's brilliant all right so just give us a quick it gives you web addresses and contact okay. points to get masters everyone knows where to find you and then we'll uh, we'll sign it off stormbreak.org.uk is is all the stormbreak
0: stuff MarathonTalk.com uh is the weekly running podcast uh yellingperformance.com is everything coaching related um and at m yelling
2: is all that social guff amazing perfect mate thank you so much it's been great to catch up thank you both right, cheers mine Now we can't ever control Martin fully because when he comes on he just basically does what he wants and that's why it might have sounded like he descended into a conversation between three mates over a white wine spritzer but um, that's the kind of rock and roll lives that we, we live these days but we hope you enjoyed it as I said there's, in the intro there's a ton of stuff that Martin can share his wisdom and knowledge on he's been in the game for a long time so I hope that was both enlightening entertaining and effective and trying to think of another E for your future running endeavours <laughs> endeavours yeah. another one got four in
1: beautiful and uh if you did enjoy it and if you you know you're an avid listener of the school of calisthenics uh, podcast then please do head over to itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast and uh, give us a review it helps uh, us feel better about ourselves but also helps helps with the ratings of the podcast and uh, and therefore lets other people find it and enjoy the amazing guests that we get on too
2: Right, so we're going to keep it short today. That's all we've got time for. Until next time,
1: keep exploring your physical potential through movement, strength, and play.